Welcome into the third edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. I'm flying solo today. I'm Billy Embody. Going to be bringing you a bit of an SEC baseball preview for LSU. Going to recap LSU's um, electric win over Louisiana Lafayette in the first round of the NIT. Talk a little bit about the first week of open practices to the media for LSU spring football and kind of uh, close the book on week one as availability for the rest of the week is closed. And that should get us through uh, another edition of this podcast. We'll have plenty uh, from Paul Maneri, Zach Hess, and Mikhail Hilliard as uh, LSU welcomes uh, Missouri to Alex Box Stadium, Skip Bertman Field, to kick off SEC play this weekend. First, I do want to talk about the NIT win over ULL in the PMAC on Wednesday night. Uh, truly incredible atmosphere. It wasn't full, but it was uh, everything you wanted in an in-state basketball battle. And and um, I thought it lived up to the billing. I thought it lived up to the pregame hype, and that's probably a huge understatement um, as LSU walked away with the 84-76 win. Of course, uh uh, emphasized by Will Wade's timeout with 12 seconds left uh, to let uh, the Raging Cajuns enjoy it a little bit more, as he put it. Uh, Bob Marlin, the ULL coach, of course, really challenged the fact that LSU was even going to host this game, saying that their RPI was better, uh, saying that they, uh, of course, won uh, 27 games this year, and just kind of listed off a bunch of reasons why he felt like this game should be should have been in uh, Lafayette, but uh, LSU, again, walks away with the win. I really thought uh, it was a game that could have gotten out of hand quickly um, as LSU went down 7 nothing just to, from the start. I was surprised that LSU was not ready to go from the beginning, but uh, it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish, and, and L- every time ULL uh, eventually, after LSU took took the lead with, uh, they they got an 11-point lead with about four and a half minutes to go. Every time uh, ULL punched back, LSU did have enough of an answer to to really to hold on and win this game. Um, and it, for a team that is looking for some positive momentum after having an early exit in the SEC tournament, this was a good start. Now they turn their attention to Utah, where they'll have to go on Monday night. They'll travel on Saturday. Will Wade will speak with the media on Friday afternoon um, to preview that game before the team heads out on Saturday to get out there a day early. Uh, one quick thought, uh, Brandon Rashal did not play. He was uh, not dressed for pregame warm-ups and then, uh, of course, did not play in the basketball game. He's not injured. Uh, Will Wade called it a suspension, and if you did watch the uh, full press conference afterwards, you might think there's a little bit more to that. Uh, so hopefully we'll get a little bit of clarity on that as, as they um, head to Utah for this next battle. But um, I, I, I thought even with Tremont Waters not really contributing points-wise, Duop Reef was excellent, 26 points, uh, dominated the paint almost all night and, and also extended out to three-point range as well. That helped spread the floor with Tremont having a quiet night shooting the ball. And, uh, I mean, really, that was the difference. The length, and Duop said it perfectly after the game, the length that LSU brought to the table in the front court really made the difference. It was why they were able to dominate uh, in terms of points in the paint. LSU gave up a few too many offensive rebounds, and that kind of let 
uh, ULL kind of hang around a little bit longer than I think Will Wade and the, and the staff might have liked. Brandon Sampson had a nice night, although he was, uh, I believe he was the only LSU player uh, that was a minus on the night. He was a minus eight or nine, but uh, had a really nice game offensively. Uh, he had the dunk at the end that uh, Will Wade called that time off, timeout off, off of. Um, so, again, I thought he was good for the most part. So it was a nice win, and, and uh, for a team that uh, has had never won an NIT game uh, in the PMAC before that, uh, Will Wade, uh, you know, I guess a little bit of history there um, in the in the Maravich Center on, on Wednesday night. So a good win. Uh, don't want to spend too much time on it. Uh, there's a ton of content from it, uh, reactions, videos, highlights, all of that, um, and, and as well as some other notes on, on Go 24-7 uh, from that game. So you can check that out there. Moving on, uh, LSU does welcome Missouri to the box this weekend. Uh, first pitch, 6.30, Friday night. Hopefully the weather uh, holds on for all of us who are, are trying to make it out there on this St. Patrick's Day weekend. If you're not busy watching some March Madness, definitely uh, head out to the box if, if the weather is good. But uh, LSU will, of course, start Zach Hess and then Caleb Gilbert on Friday and Saturday. And then they're going to go with Mikhail Hilliard, the freshman, again uh, on Sunday. He was masterful against against Hawaii. Uh, he has started the season, I believe, with uh, 17 scoreless innings, 17 and a third scoreless innings. He has a 0.00 ERA, um, and it's it's been, been incredible what he's been able to do. And, and so we'll hear a little bit from Mikel as he heads into this uh, uh, first SEC start. Of course, uh, last year, Eric Walker uh, was the one that uh, – stole the hearts of LSU fans uh, as a freshman pitcher in the SEC, uh, earning freshman All-American honors. We'll see if McHale can do that as well. Uh, talked with him uh, today on Thursday as you're listening to this podcast about um, what it means to, to kind of go into the starting role and, and hear some of the things that uh, McHale said. Coach Murray said you weren't playing very well before the start of the season, then you went and talked to Coach Dunn, and it kind of changed you. What, what happened with that? Uh, I feel like the... I had a lack of conviction in my my, my balls, and uh, he just told me that I, I just had to go in and, and fill a strike zone. Up. Man, I, I don't have to be too perfect. So you'll see me sometimes in the game, I'm trying to be too perfect, and I'm throwing, getting into 3-0 counts and 2-0 counts, and I have to come back from that. And I just realized that I have to just fill up the zone and trust in my, my ability to pitch. So I was coming in, um, coach said I was going to be a, a closer, so I was, I was sticking with that. Uh, I was planning on being a closer until I started being mid relief, and then I just kept doing my thing mid relief, and then I moved up to starter. So I'm doing that. So anything I can do to uh, help the team out, so I'm going to do. One of the things you've been really good at early is kind of navigating trouble in the base stack. Uh, you guys get on kind of strange and not there. Just having the same, I mean, I feel like I have a little bit more focus than, than I do when uh, runners aren't on the base path, but uh, just making, making those pitches and executing, getting into uh, good counts whenever uh, I run it on base. And, and mostly that curveball, I feel like that curveball helped me out a, a good bit because it's a you know, pop up or a brown, brown up ball. And that was Mikael Hilliard. Uh, very impressed with with him, just uh, as as a young freshman coming into to LSU with with really um, 
no expectations of, of being handed anything. Uh, you look at the freshman pitchers coming in, and A.J. Labus and Nick Storrs were the ones, uh, even as they battled through injuries, the ones that you expected to really come in and and start and be those guys for LSU. And, and McHale's got an opportunity now to, to kind of take that. So uh, we'll see how it goes uh, as he enters SEC play for the first time um, in his young career. Palmineri spoke uh, with the media on uh, Thursday and previewed the whole series uh and kind of where LSU is uh, heading into uh, this this matchup. So uh, with that, uh, here is LSU coach Palmineri uh, on the preview. After facing so many of these soft throwers yeah. at the beginning of the year, how do you gear the guys up for the mid nineties? See that again? pitching machine out there. <laughs> Just take a look at the velocity on that thing today. When we first started cranking it up, it was set at 99 to 103 miles an hour. Okay, we, we decided to back off that a little bit, but not much. This kid tomorrow night, I heard he touched 100 miles an hour last week and in his game. He's got a no-hitter already to his credit. You know, he's special. He's a big, strong guy. He throws really hard. And Saturday, they've got a good left-handed pitcher that we faced a couple years back, Klasmeyer, when he was a freshman. And then they got a senior starter on Sunday. So, listen, Missouri's got a really good ball club. They've won nine in a row. They've scored in the first inning of eight straight innings. I didn't even realize, I think, until you mentioned it to me last night, that we had scored in the first inning of seven straight games, which kind of got me excited because, you know, Missouri seemed to have a, the upper hand on that. So I've been talking to, to, to AD and our pitchers about how important it is to go out there and treat that first inning of each game like it's the ninth inning against Oregon State in Omaha. Because if you can shut them down early and get a lead, it changes the way the other team plays offense. I know it does when it happens to us in an adverse way. And uh, so Missouri's got a good, solid team. They've won nine in a row. They're 14-3. and three. They're ranked 23rd in the country in one of the polls. They've got a big-time Friday night starter. They've got a solid rotation. I mean, it, they've got, I think, a half a dozen veteran players in their lineup that are good offensive players. Um, you know, we've had success against Missouri in the past, so we know we can play with these guys, but it's going to be a challenge. There's no question about it, and I'm sure they're going to come here fired up, and, and so will we be. So it should be an exciting series. Hopefully the weather will cooperate for us. And Coach Ranieri touched on just a little bit of everything in, in that uh, uh, few minutes there. One of the big things is Zach Hess on Friday night versus Bryce Montez de Oka. I hope I didn't butcher that too much for those Missouri people listening. But um, big matchup in, because Montez de Oca, um, 3-0 on the year, 1.57 ERA. He's going to be bringing a lot of heat, as Coach Maneri talked about in there. And Zach Hess uh, said he's you know not going to change his approach, which is really unsurprising. He's had success as of late. Here's Zach Hess on, uh, on his Friday night matchup with uh, – with the big right-hander uh, out of uh, Missouri, um, you know, not too much. I'm I'm mostly looking at their lineup and seeing what they can do uh, from a hitting standpoint. But from my understanding, he's a big guy that can throw hard. But uh, you know, I think our offense has you know, done their work and done their preparation, so I'm excited to see how they attack them tomorrow. And have you learned anything about that responsibility and watching former Friday night starters for LSU since you've been here? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, so far with my experience, um, you, know, you, you just kind of learn as you go. And, you know, it's it's pretty much the same deal as it was last year for a lot of it. Um, you know, getting strike one is imperative. Um, and just pitching aggressively in the strike zone and filling up the zone with your off-speed pitches. So, you know, it's just the same mindset that I'm going to take into this start. 
And with that, uh, we'll, we'll kind of wrap up that preview section of the baseball part of the podcast. Um, Again, just a, a, an opportunity for LSU to start off SEC play strong. Uh, they've never lost to Missouri 12-0 and all-time. Um, LSU's swept twice at Columbia, uh, and then a, a three-game sweep, of course, in, in 2015. And then last year in the SEC tournament, uh, a 10-3 win over Missouri. So uh, not really surprising, but a lot of confidence uh, heading into this weekend for, for LSU. But uh, on the football field, We'll get uh, Ed Ogeron's thoughts Thursday night for the first time uh, since spring practice opened uh, after it was just helmets and shorts. Uh, They were in pads for the first time uh, of the spring practices on Thursday. Uh, Shea and I were out there and got to take it in a little bit. I watched a little bit of Jerry Sullivan working the wide receivers, and it's a lot more about being a technician, at least during the media availability portion of practice Uh, you see them working extremely hard on the footwork on their eyes just on the little things that make wide receivers great Um, that was one of my takeaways watching Jerry Sullivan um, watched a little bit of the defensive line I I thought Calvin Chasson and and uh, Ray Thornton looked explosive as ever Tyler Shelvin even moves well for as big as he is um, in there in the middle and and you know Dennis Johnson is is getting after his guys Um, and uh, you know they're an impressive group. It's a lot of talent out there. I mean, when when you look at a guy like Neil Farrell, who's getting a lot of praise and practice from from Coach Johnson, and um, you know, I mean, he's really stretching to crack the two deep there at defensive end. So um, again, there's more depth there than I think we've we've seen in a long time, and a lot of talent. That's the the big thing about it. And having guys like Chase and Hines and Jarrell Cherry out there watching those guys compete. Um, will only really you know, bode well for them as they get on campus this summer and, and look to contribute as freshmen in the fall. Um, you know, quarterbacks, we really haven't been able to see much of anything. They're throwing passes to themselves, short passes to themselves while we're in there, or they're um, handing off to running backs. So we'll have to kind of take out Ogeron's word for it. When we hear from him on Thursday night to kind of wrap up week one of the open practices for LSU, uh, they'll be closed on Saturday, uh, at least uh, to the media. There's a junior day. This is the big national junior day where uh, it's kind of a free-for-all. Uh, it's The first two junior days were really exclusive and elite uh, on that level, but this one uh, will be much more open to anybody that wants to come check out LSU. So uh, there were some visitors on campus today. Cardell Thomas was by. Um, Signings like Damone Clark, Jamar Chase were on campus. Uh, those are some of the guys that we noticed. Ken Seals, the 2020 quarterback out of Texas, was on campus. Um, still, Steve Wilfong dropped that uh, note um, on him. Uh, Ja'Cory uh, Anderson out of uh, East St. John, a 2020 offensive guard, was on campus. So uh, they're consistently getting visitors on campus, and, and this weekend that'll, that'll continue on St. Patrick's Day uh, with the Junior Day uh, centered around spring practice. So with that, guys, going to wrap up uh, this podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed the uh, preview portion of SEC play as LSU takes on Missouri at the box this weekend. Uh, we'll have some coverage from that as well as uh, more from Ed Ogeron on Thursday night. And then, of course, Will Wade on uh, Friday previewing LSU's matchup on Monday night in the NIT at Utah. Thanks for listening to the Go 24-7 podcast. Keep it locked on Go 24-7 for all the latest on LSU sports and recruiting. Till next time, guys.